Hello, everyone. I'm Jeremy Parr, and I'll be joined in a few seconds by my best buds, Victor Janor and Eddie Streck. And this is the second episode of Thunder Moneyball podcast. Before we jump in, I wanted to thank everyone from the bottom of my heart, Eddie and Victor as well, for having such a great outpouring of love from everyone that listened to our first episode. We really enjoyed doing this, and honestly, we didn't expect that many people to listen and really enjoy it, so that is just icing on the cake. It's really fun for us to do, and it makes it even more fun knowing that people listen to it and appreciate what we're doing. So thanks so much, guys. Uh, We'll continue to make the episodes if you continue to listen, and uh, we really have fun doing it, so we shall continue. In this episode, we talk about the back-to-back games that the Thunder just played, Markeith Morris pickup and his assimilation into the rotation. We talk about the All-Star Weekend that happened last weekend. And uh, we also dip into a little bit of Thunder history and talk about some uh, surprising moves that were made by Sam Presti in the front office and how they affected uh, the overall scope of uh, the trajectory of this team. Also, as we do at the end of every episode, we put our predictions in place for the games upcoming over the next couple weeks. So really hope you guys enjoy listening. Again, thank you so much for listening to the first episode and also this one. If you would like to follow us on social media, we would absolutely love that. We are on Twitter and Instagram at podcast underscore thunder. Find us there and uh, keep up to date with all our happenings. Thunder up, y'all. Jeremy, Eddie, Victor. All right, fellas, we are post-All-Star break. I don't know about you guys, it felt like it was like a month between Thunder games, <laughs> even though it was only like nine days or whatever, but I was very happy to see them play. Did they change Started the off... All-Star break length recently? Yeah, I think they did a couple years ago. It it, it was, Eight, it was yeah, very long. I feel like there's, yeah, I feel like there was a lot of not basketball. Yeah, it used to be just literally a weekend, I think. Like, the All-Star game was Sunday, and then Monday, no one played. And I think there were games on Tuesday. Yeah, it's probably but, uh, don't know pansy that. players. Yeah. Yeah. Need extra That's time to probably, rest. <laughs> yeah, a good, a good change, I think. You know, let yeah, them have some more time off and travel with their families and everything. Two very entertaining games, guys. Uh, play, played Utah, beat them by one on Friday. Paul George had another MVP moment. You know, he's racking those up with that floater game winner that made me scream like a little girl when it <laughs> happened. And then last night, I didn't watch the game live last night. I had to watch it really late, so I finished it at like 3 a.m. They lost to the Kings, but it was a very entertaining game. I'm glad that I saved it and watched it. Um, is Russell shooting back? He's he's over 50% from the field in these two games. Free throw percentage, still not great. He's 13 of 18 in the two games. Um, I don't know. His his shooting may be back. I mean, it may falter a little bit in the upcoming games. I guess we'll see. But two really entertaining games. I mean, I wasn't too upset about the game last night because Buddy Heald just made some stupid hard shots. And I thought, for the most part, Terrence Ferguson did a pretty good job on him. 
And uh, the Kings are pretty good. I, I was talking to Victor about this. Dave Yeager is a good coach. I think that he um, is a good motivator. I think I think the team really wants to do well. They want to make the playoffs. That organization has the longest streak of any team that has not made the playoffs. 12 years they've been out of the playoffs, and I think they really want it this year. Um, Sacramento's a pretty good team, which is something that we have never really been able to say. <laughs> you know, at least since the Thunder has been in, in Oklahoma City, we have not really been able to say that. So, not anyway, since the days of your Chris thoughts? Weber. Yep, that's true. Uh, takeaways from the game, Eddie? Uh, well, obviously, that Utah game was just another classic um, rivalry kind of game. I think Utah over the last couple of seasons has really shown them to be like our new Memphis where they just give us trouble no matter what. And it's, it's a rough experience to watch those games, but we came out on top and I didn't really think that we were going to, and I'm not so sure that we actually really deserved to. And I think that that came to fruition against Sacramento. Um, as we were talking right before we started recording, I, our defense of late has really just been troubling. Um, we, we show moments of greatness, being able to step into the passing lane, being able to gamble correctly. But it, for whatever reason, even whenever we play great defense, just like Terrence Ferguson did against Buddy Heald, you know, they, they, the teams still figure out a way to score. Um, our defensive rating has jumped up from when we were the first-ranked defense earlier this season by four or five points, uh, which is not great at all. We we had, a, at one point, a four-point lead on the second-place spot, but uh, we do not have that anymore. I think we're probably out of the top five now. I'd have to double-check. Um, so, I, you know, the, the win against Utah was great, but Sacramento really showed, like, we're, we're a good team, but when we play other good teams that also want to win – it's not going to be easy, no matter who it is. Sacramento all the way up to Golden State, it's going to be a hard-fought game, and we're going to basically rely on the brilliance of Russell Westbrook and Paul George, which has really been the Thunder way forever. So it's not like anything is different than it used to be. But uh, yeah. it was it was still a little, little disappointing last night to see them do that, especially because that shot that Paul shot at the very end – was so close. Oh, he <laughs> it almost was made so it. close. It was right there. I I kind of expected it to go in. I'm not gonna lie. He hadn't yeah. made anything all game, and I just thought, you know, there's this is gonna go in because it's Paul George and it's this season. He's got to make this shot. Didn't happen. Do you guys know what I'm saying about the MVP moments thing? Because Harden's got the numbers. Giannis has the the team with the incredible record, but Paul George has more moments. I feel like than any than either of those players. And I think moments matter to voters. I think those game winners, those like end of the game steals, all that stuff really, really matters. Uh, what do you think about that, Victor? Do you think moments matter? Um, yes, um, but I mostly because I feel like that's an eye test thing um, for whenever you're trying to decide who should win that particular award. But I mean, those moments are at the ends of games where he was also dominant the whole game though. So for me, for mm -hmm. me moment is a little bit broader than that shot. It's like he did the windmill dunk when we were down by two in overtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And was like, clearly like, we're not going to lose this game. So for me, it's like games and a little bit less than moments. If that makes sense. 
Yeah, it, it, it definitely does make sense. So Russell against Utah, 6 of 13 from 3. Last night against Sacramento, 5 of 12 from 3. Do you guys like Russell shooting that many threes? I mean, he's he's making them. He's got a good percentage from the field in the, in the last two games. But, I mean, do you like the fact that he's shooting that many threes in a game? Um, full disclosure, I did not see the Sacramento game. Um, mm. So looking at the stat line, I got concerned about the – kind of flip-floppiness of the shooting percentage between Paul and Russell. But I didn't see it, so I don't know if they had anything to do with each other or why Dennis Schroeder shot so bad <laughs> in that game. Yeah. Yeah. He was having an off night, um, just like Paul was having an off night. Paul's shots were all shots that he normally makes. So I'm going to go ahead and just toss that up as a fluke. Um, but oh, sorry. I was looking at the wrong game for a Schroeder. The Utah game shooter shot bad, but the Sacramento game he was okay. He he kind of sparked us in the third quarter and got us back to within two. But then, as soon as uh, honestly, as soon as Russ came back in, the 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 lead ballooned again. And I I remember thinking when Dennis sat, they showed him when he sat down on the bench and the lead was back up to eleven. And I could just see the look in his face like I just did all that work, and now here we are right back <laughs> at eleven points. Yeah, <laughs> like. He yeah. was going ham, man. He was going really hard against them in the third quarter. Um, yeah, uh, t- to answer your question, Jeremy, um, I'm not concerned with Russell shooting. I- I'm on the record, and if I'm not, I am as of right this second, and saying that I'm okay with Russell <laughs> shooting basically any shot that he wants to shoot. And I know th- I, s- I say that knowing full well that he is perhaps one of the worst volume shooters in NBA history. I'm okay with it because – if Russell doesn't shoot, and like we've seen earlier in this season when his three-point shot hasn't been falling, he has clearly shown that he doesn't want to take those shots when he when he feels like they're not going to go in. And that is very disruptive for the Thunder offense. If Russ is out there at the three-point line and he has to take a shot that he's supposed to take, but because he's afraid of it and he doesn't take it, it's not going to end well. Even if it ends in a, a a turnover or something, a missed shot is the, practically the same effect. So you might as well have the confidence and take that shot. So yeah, I'm okay with him taking these shots. Uh, maybe not five or six threes a game. Let's try to rein it in. And I, I always think that like maybe one three a quarter is a good number for him because if he can make one or even two of those in a game. That's people are going to actually start to respect that three point shot. And that's just going to open up the driving lane. And that's what you've seen these last two games and going back to the Pelicans game before the break. I mean, the dudes had 40 points in three straight games. That hasn't happened since his MVP season. And it's because his three point shots falling. So the teams are paying attention to him so he can drive the lane and he's had wide open lanes. He's been making more layups at the basket the past couple of games that I've seen all season. It's, it's really yeah. a good thing. So I want yeah, him to have the confidence and to take those shots. I do. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely of the mindset that Russell just needs to be him, you know, cause he, he is great. And even with all his quote unquote flaws, I, I mean, if he, if he tries to change his game too much, he's just not going to be Russell anymore. And that's not good for the thunder because the thunder needs Russell Westbrook to be Russell Westbrook, you know, in order to reach 
the maximum level of success that this team can. You know, what you said about Dennis Schroeder is really interesting because I feel like that's kind of been a theme this year. When the team has struggled uh, offensively in the first half, you know, or whatever, like Paul George didn't, didn't shoot real well in the first half last night against the Kings, he has provided a much-needed spark off the bench, particularly in the third quarter. Uh, you guys remember that Houston game? I mean, yeah. he... He, he pretty saying. much saved the team, you know, in that third yeah. quarter with with his offense. So I think that's going to be real valuable in the playoffs because there was not a player on this team last year or the year before that uh, that could come off the bench and spark that kind of offense. I mean, really, has there been a player that sparks that kind of offense off the bench since Harden on the Thunder? I can't. Not no one really jumps to mind. Not, not yeah. consistently. I mean, at times, Kevin Martin did. um and it, Raymond Felton even did some last year, but it just wasn't consistent enough to, to win us games. But Schroeder is, I mean, to kind of filter it down to its bare bare question, yeah, he's 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 the best player we've had off the bench since James Harden, and it's 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 really showing how important uh, it is to have someone like that on your team. Oh, absolutely. I was going to weigh the options just now of not saying Reggie Jackson's name at all, but now I just want to say <laughs> how much I definitely think I don't think he was that at all because he's an awful basketball player. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, Reg, Reggie's so that, fun. That's, a, fun that's an interesting thing because let's, let's, let's think about this. Was he better in Oklahoma City before his temper tantrum or since he's been in Detroit? Oh, he was definitely better in OKC, yeah, I think. I kind of think so, Without too. Without doubt. I mean, he, I mean he he may have better numbers like, right now, but yeah, he he wa- demanded the trade because he wanted to be a starting point guard. But honestly, the role that he had in Oklahoma City was much better suited for him. He's a much better sixth man type player, I think, than starting point guard. He's very similar to Dennis Schroeder. I mean, the way that they play, mm-hmm. the way that they, like their the way their bodies are constructed, they're very similar. He could have easily been. Uh, the Schroeder of for, for us for the past five years, if he had just not yeah. gotten too much, uh, thank goodness he himself. wasn't, because now we have actual Dennis Schroeder. Yeah, <laughs> but happy. and yeah. again, I, I we're we're it's a good time to be a Thunder fan at this present moment, but you know, as Presty does, I'm I'm looking into the future for things to be upset about, um, and I know that Schroeder is is not going to be here forever. I mean, he's a starting point guard. He's going to be a starting point guard somewhere. It's just a matter of time. You know, if it happens after this season or if it happens after next season, we can't hold on to him forever. And I know that you could say that about a lot of our guys, but I think yeah. of all the ones that we've added recently, he is probably the most important. I mean, uh, Paul George aside, of course. Um, I'll have you know, Eddie, of, of, I've had the same FUBU lanyard since 1999. Yeah, but... That is, <laughs> Is does that, is that Fubu Lanyard going to go earn more money in someone else's pocket? <laughs> Have you seen? Okay, first of all, it's a lanyard that has lasted for twenty years in all of my tight pockets. So, all I'm saying is it's well constructed. Clearly, would start on anyone's <laughs> pocket game. <laughs> yeah, it's a starter in any league. <laughs> That's all I've said. I don't know. I it's not it's, it's it's not reasonable to to think about that far in the future. I'm just I know just like Nerlens Noel, the both those guys think that they are they deserve better and they feel like they were they've been kind of shafted in the way that they've been looked at, especially, you know, Schroeder being traded from his starting team. 
Um, and they're they're looking for a restart here in Oklahoma City, and it's it's happening. Both those guys are showing that they're worth it, and I just know that we have a long history of not being able to hold on to the people that are worth it because they can get more elsewhere. Sure. But then we have Paul George. Um, I have to have one more thing to put in, um, and I didn't know if we were wanting to move on or not, but I had an interesting stat about last night's game Shoot, that I also saw um, because I didn't watch the game. Shoot or shoot. Uh, Buddy Heald is the only starter on that team that had a positive plus-minus ranking. All the other people with positive plus-minus rankings were on their bench. That's not all that surprising to me. That's interesting. Because our bench, outside of Schroeder, really is not amazing. I mean, and that's all. that's been the Thunder, you know, our MO for years. And it's always kind of confounded me because you look at other teams like the Celtics or something um, where they have a bench that is largely very consistent in providing a, a, a considerable amount of points in any given game. And we've never had that. We've always been like, all right, all the starters are going to score pretty well. And we need like one or two guys to come off the bench and just go lights out for us to have a good night. And occasionally we'll have a good night where the bench scores 40 or sometimes even 50 points, but we're always yeah. reliant on one or two guys. But that doesn't surprise me. Buddy Hill was, he was on it last night, man. He made He's some a good player. insane shots, insane He's shots. A really good player. You were, Hey Victor, you were talking about the Kings bench though, right? With the plus minus. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. No, you're saying the Kings bench was a plus minus had, was a all were positive. Over the meaning yeah. that they were they were they scored more than our bench did. That's what I that's what I was trying to say. Yeah, oh, yeah. Their yeah, starters. Yeah. No, we we outplayed their starters outside of Buddy Hill. Buddy Heald, I know. Yeah. yeah. Do you guys find Willie Cauley Stein like very difficult to look at? <laughs> <laughs> just, I I don't know. I don't I don't know. Like he he's just tough to look at for some reason. Like there, there's just a lot going on on his face and his body. Like there's a lot of like really interestingly placed tattoos and is this a, I, I, I don't is know a fear-based comment or a concern is this like a aspca hard to look at or <laughs> no i think like, it like i think poverty. it's just an it's an observation more than anything else you know oh okay. i don't <laughs> i don't know i don't know I, I'm, I'm a fan of it i ink, I, I agree i I, I agree with you i mean i i don't really <laughs> care to look at face tattoos all that much but it's none of my business. I think it's, he's just dirty. They're their own he people. Just looks dirty. <laughs> yeah, he, he does. It looks like he he hardly ever showers. Uh, which you know, I mean, if he doesn't want to shower, that's fine. You know, but I don't. That, yeah, okay. that just popped in my head. <laughs> like I saw a video on Facebook today. It was like one of those things that like dumb people were supposed to click on to bother you about something to make you buy something. And it was like, if you don't wash your face, these little dust mites are going to explode all over your face. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> so that's what oh I gosh. thought of when I saw Willie Collie's time. <laughs> yeah. I do, I do like the Kings, though. I, I think they're a good team. I, I like most of their players. I love Buddy Hield. He's really fun to watch. Man, um, he's so good. He's, he might like be good the... enough to be an all-star if he was in the East. You know what I mean? Um, and he's really, he's really jumped up with his... Uh, his effectiveness on the court this year. And I think he's only going to get better. He's really good for that team. Who would have thought that that trade that everyone was so 
up in arms about that DeMarcus Cousins trade actually worked out pretty well for the Kings. Oh, the Kings won know? that trade, man. They, yeah, they won that, that crazy? trade hands down. I I still okay, I guys. still wish you know, I still wish Boogie would have stayed in New Orleans, but you know, that's that's yeah, a yeah. different a different talk. Okay, guys, here's my question. Since we finally well, not finally, but since we have a Morris twin on our team, are we finally going to be able to tell them apart? I don't think so. Markeith and, Mar- <laughs> and Marcus, that is. Or, or are we still just going to be really confused about who is who? Well, the good news well, is if that- I look at them, <laughs> no. If I look at them, no. I just know which one is on our team. That's yeah, I, I, I know the one that we have. Uh, the good news is that Marcus Morris, uh, because he had a child, now his jersey says Morris Sr., so we can tell them yeah. apart by their the name on their jersey also, if you were colorblind and couldn't see that uh, from the colors either. Um, so we put out a poll on our Twitter page. By the way, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, at podcast underscore thunder. Um, put out a poll. Who's going to play more minutes, uh, Patrick Patterson or um, uh, Markeith Morris? Patrick Patterson hasn't seen the floor, guys. I, I mean, is Billy just just done with using him, you know, uh, or is he just experimenting with, with only playing, um, Markeith Morris? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I know that Markeith Morris hasn't, he's been injured, right? He hasn't played a lot since December, but I, I don't know how I feel about Patrick Patterson's minutes just being completely wiped away. I guess we'll see. Part of me uh, thinks sm- that it's smarter than I am. Well, p- part of me thinks that it's more of just, a uh, getting Markeith some, some run, giving him some time to like get back into shape and getting into the system. And in some ways you could look at it. I'm going to be Jeremy real quick. And I'm going to say, you can, you could look at it from the bright side and think that um, he trusts Patrick Patterson enough that he doesn't have to play them um, right now. And he knows that if he puts him back in sometime later in the season or in the playoffs, that he's going to produce for us. So that's a good point. I'm, I'm trying to look at it like that. Um, and just trying to like he's trying to give Markeith some time to to get into the system and to gel and I'm okay with it for now, but I have to admit the the two games that I've seen from him I've been pretty underwhelmed. Um, yeah, and I I, yeah. I I know that that's not I can't I can't look at those two games and make a judgment on him. I, we got to give him some leeway um, coming back from injury and being in a whole new system, but. I, a yeah. couple of things that have re- well, really, with the one thing, I've seen him do it twice now. He got into some tussles with Jay Crowder in that Utah game, and as much as I really don't like Jay Crowder and I really hate the Utah Jazz, I do not want us to become like that bad boys kind of team. Like he just basically yeah. threw Jay Crowder to the ground once on a free throw rebound and. I don't know, man. It just really rubbed me the wrong way. I saw him do it, and I was like, man, that's the that's the Morris that I hate. That's the guy that I would be yelling at if he were on the other team doing that to my player, and I don't want to see him do that. I I would rather him – what he needs to do, I think, is take some private lessons with Steven Adams, where Steven Adams can say, <laughs> here is how you do these things, but you make it look like it's their fault because Steven <laughs> is really good at that. And that's how I, I mean, it looks better, <laughs> even if it's just, an, uh, uh, you know, something to do with optics. It's it, it looks better to me. And I would rather he try to at least hide it instead of just, you know, 
try to be a thug out there. I don't know. It, it, it bugged me a little bit, but I'm going to give him some more time in terms of production. I got I got two thoughts on him. I'm going to start with one that Eddie uh, kind of set me up for, which is, I mean, I don't hate that, especially if we're going to be playing Golden State in Houston, if he's going to, uh, I don't know, accidentally injure everyone. Um, I think that that'd be <laughs> perfect, perfectly fine with me. Uh, if he's not getting teed up for it, and he's just pissing off the other team. I that's fine. That's what Draymond does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, but I hate Draymond. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm gonna I, hate I, him all the way up until we kiss that championship. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I hear you. What was your other thought, Victor? Uh, the other thought is uh, he was perfect from the free throw line in what I saw, so I'm okay with that. I'm so glad you just reminded me of that because I was thinking when he was shooting those free throws, I was like, man, maybe this guy will single-handedly raise our three free throw percentage. Yeah. <laughs> because he looked like yeah. he looked like he came up there and he was just like, I don't know why you guys missed these. These are right here. It's like 10 feet. Just make the shot. <laughs> just make the shot, guys. And he's getting to the line. <laughs> the thing is he's also getting to the line. He did, he did he last night. Uh, that yeah. first game was rough. He didn't do much of anything in that first game except no, miss some defensive assignments and not touch the ball. But last night he did play a little bit, and his defense in the second half was better than his defense in the first half. Um, yeah. a bit more time. I'm not, I don't know how much more time. I'm maybe a couple more weeks, and then I'll make a judgment call. He made a three last night. I like to see that. Um, but He's a pretty good rebounder, too. He had some pretty good rebounds last night. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't show up against what did Utah, you- but... Yeah. Well, how how did you guys just overall feel about uh, the pickup, you know, picking him up? I mean, he's he's a pretty quality role player in the league. I, I guess it remains to be seen if his, you know, the, the stuff you were referring to, Eddie, you know, just his demeanor on the court. And I don't know if that translates to off the court in the locker room, too. You know, there's been rumors that he he's kind of a, a butthead in the locker room. But, you know, Dennis Schroeder. Has, has had those rumors about him too and and he's working out really really well but did you guys like the pickup uh i mean do you think that it just remains to be seen what do you think yeah i i think i think we you know we we need to give it more time i mean it's really hard to tell after two games i just know that what i've seen so far is not it's not shown what i think he's capable of but that's that's to be expected. He hasn't played since December, and you know all the other things we've already we've already talked about. Uh, so uh, you know, I was I was happy that we picked him up. I was happy that we picked someone up because I feel like we needed to pick someone up, especially yeah. after we lost Alex. So yeah, you know, we still have a roster also, spot, right? I mean, it's it's still possible that Presti could could pick someone else up too. It just has to be by March first. That's a week. Go ahead, Victor. Uh, well. I had several thoughts at the same time. The first one I'm going to say is, as a member of the Beard Gang, Eddie, you should understand that there's a certain <laughs> level of aggression that just comes with owning a beard. Yeah. And that type of physical play is kind of to be expected. And when we've played, we are definitely that physical You're right. all the time. You're right. You're right. <laughs> You're definitely right about that. Yeah, I don't oh, know about okay. the beard game. In college, <laughs> I, I grew my facial hair out for like six months in college. I think you remember Eddie, and it didn't go well. So I don't yeah, know about he's the still, beard game. He's still, he's still paying for that court appearance. Um, and then, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> All I'm saying is that 
Mark Markeith Morris is probably going to be perfectly fine. He's going to, if anything, toughen up maybe Patrick Patterson and some of these other guys that need to bang in a low post in the playoffs. So I th- I think it'll be good for most people. I think that he will also be influenced by our particular way of doing things. Um, yeah. And everyone will win and be successful just like how it works in the normal world in Earth where everyone shares. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everything always works out. Bit. This will this just be naturally all yeah. work out just fine. I, well, he wanted um, to come here, guys. Like he he openly yeah. said that he he wanted to play on a contender in the playoffs. So I mean, he he wanted to come here. So that's you know a good sign. I mean, who wouldn't want to play for this team, really? Because I mean, there are no Jackson. Oh, a lot of people. <laughs> Clearly, yeah. I mean, we tried we tried to get Wes Matthews. We tried to get uh, Alec Burks. I think, or was it Trey Burke? I don't whichever. I always get them confused because they both play for Utah. <laughs> we tried to get Cantor. Can't well, not even Anis Cantor didn't even want to come back and play for us, man. Well, hey, hey it, it doesn't mean that they didn't want to come back. They just thought it would be a better situation somewhere right. else because no, right. Cantor wouldn't have t- seen the floor here. I don't think. I, I really don't think he would have. Oh, he would have seen it. He would. <laughs> he would have watched it, it from the seat. Yeah. <laughs> Did you guys see? Did you guys see Ennis Canner's tweet after that first Portland game? Uh-uh, I missed that one. What do you say? He, he tweeted, so that's what it's like to win. Oh. And then, like, the, the laughing emojis. <laughs> it was so great. See, I love I love that man. I love him I mean, on When Twitter. you've got he's, death he's threats, so you're not afraid of anything. Yeah, for real, um, man. Yeah. <laughs> you literally will be beheaded if you ever go home. Probably dismembered. Uh, yeah. The last thing I was going to say. Playing, on, go ahead, Victor. Oh, I got one more thought about Ennis Canner. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say the last thing I was going to say about just the pickup, because you were asking about that, is I think that we all are understanding of uh, Presti's inclination to uh, looking towards the future. I think he really is just loading it up and getting ready for someone mm-hmm. to be injured. That way, if someone's injured, we don't collapse, you know? Yeah. So Yeah, you're right. This team is, is so stacked. Like, this is the most stacked Thunder team of all time. Minutes are tough to come by. There are definitely players on this team that deserve, well, maybe not deserve is the right word, but that would play more minutes on another team, way more minutes. And it's very competitive. You know, you you got to fight to get, get your minutes on this team, which is which is a good thing. I mean, it's, it's a really good thing. It's just, yeah, fellas, we're going to watch uh, Ennis who's now with Portland, play the Thunder, and he's now on a good team, so that's going to be quite an experience here in a couple weeks, or less than a week, I guess. It's going to be nice to see Ennis and Steven battle when it actually matters. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Yep, that'll be... Of course. That'll be really fun. Actually, if we really... I mean, they'll probably play a little bit against each other, but it's probably going to be more likely Noel going up against Canner. Um, Yeah. yeah. But I'm sure that, you know, they'll put some... I mean... It's one thing when you're playing the Knicks, and I think that you can you have the leeway to look at that, look at it, and be like, "All right, yeah, let's put Steven out there, let's post up Steven on Canner and just you know have a grand old time, ha ha ha, happy happy." The Knicks are gonna lose by thirty anyway, yeah. but we're going against <laughs> Portland, and Portland's lost what two in a row now against us. They're really pissed off. We're at Portland. They're gonna want to beat us, and it's gonna be a tough game. So we may not get any yeah, of those those feel good moments. We may actually get some. There might be some tussles. Canner might might throw mm. some hands. I don't know. He mm. probably wouldn't do that. I think he's smarter than that. But yeah. one one no last thing I wanted to say them. briefly when you about Morris that you mentioned, Victor. I think that it is it is very telling that he is wearing number five for the Oklahoma City Thunder because 
Number five is our beloved Aww. enforcer himself, Mr. Kendrick Perkins. And oh, he yes. is bringing that toughness to this locker room that I don't think we lacked, but I think you, you, you no, made a very no. good point. It's he's going to, sh- he's going to show these guys like, you know, it's just one more, one more person like Raymond Felton to come in and say, Hey, get your head up, get out there and punch him in the mouth, you know? So I think that's, I think <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. good. Well, guys, it seems like it was uh, like a month ago, but uh, one week ago today was the All-Star game. And then uh, we had the All-Star Saturday night festivities, which were very enjoyable, particularly for us, because we saw Hamadou Diallo in the dunk contest. I was I was just so proud of him. I, I it was it was strange. Like, I felt like I was his dad watching him or something. I was just so <laughs> proud because I was kind of nervous, you know, because he's so young and it's a huge stage to be on. The slam dunk contest is a huge stage. I mean, there's so many eyes on you and you're just out there by yourself. I mean, you don't have your teammates with you. It's just you out there. But he was so confident. He he had so much swagger and he he earned the the trophy. I mean, he did it. And he had a dunk that. I mean, I think you guys agree that dunk over Shaq, the Vince Carter, you know, elbow dunk that that dunk is going to be remembered for a long time. You know, is, definitely not the greatest permanently dunk on the. In, yeah, it's permanently on the reels yeah. now. Yeah, definitely not the greatest dunk of all time in the dunk contest. But I mean, it's I mean, it, it's up there, you know, in the top 10, top 15, I think. I mean, that that just brought the house down. It was so fun. What dunks? I mean, I don't remember all the dunks, and this is maybe uh, too much to, to bring up. But I, I don't I, I'm having a hard time thinking about dunks that I would just hands down say are flat out better than that dunk. The free throw line dunk, which has been done by two or three people at this point, yeah. is pretty is, is really Jordan. impressive. Yeah. But other than that, like, I don't know, wait, man. Like wait, the like wait. the Blake Griffin. Are we talking dunk? about the honey pot? No, the honey pot is Vince Carter. No, I'm, well, yes, Diallo did that over Shaq, though. That's that's what I'm talking about. Oh, well, that, that dunk. Oh, I, well, I'd heard Jeremy. You had said the wrong people. I think. No, I was talking about free throw line. Like the oh, Doctor gotcha. J free did the free throw line. Gotcha, like gotcha, those are gotcha. those are dunks that are like, oh, that was one of the greatest dunks of all time. Even though people have done it since, like those guys were the the first to do it on that stage, and that's why it's notable. We, you know, can we also just I'm point out that Serge Ibaka is the only one that's ever actually done a real behind the free throw line dunk? <laughs> anyway, he yeah, did get, he's, he's he tall. did get uh, screwed out of that one. Yeah, um, that Fred Jones dunk. Uh, Kathy used to play in Indiana. He had one of those. He tossed it up. It bounced. He 360, and he caught it so far behind him and threw it down. And that dunk, like, blew my mind. It was one of, like a smaller dude that just had springs. And it was a, just a aesthetically and visually just kind of really aggressive dunk that I did not expect. It was yeah. really nice. Yeah. I like the dunk contest. I, I love the theatrics of it. You know, I like the uh, like the history behind it. You know, because these days players they always do something as a throwback to their favorite dunkers when they were kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, Hami did the Vince Carter thing. Um, over he Shaq. jumped over he, with the Superman. he jumped over Shaq guys. My goodness, <laughs> I think about that. And he just put his hand because Reggie Miller or someone said like, okay when they were setting it up let's see if he actually launches off his shoulder or if he actually jumps over him and he actually he cleared him he touched him just a little bit on his back and then when dennis smith jr jumped over uh d wade 
he actually did like kind of launch over his shoulder a little bit, which makes Hami's dunk look even more impressive. Yep. You know, I think what it happened for me was I was for whatever reason. I mean, I we everyone knows how much Hami can dunk, but like Shaq was standing there, and I was like, "Man, that's a big dude to, <laughs> to jump over." And I'm like, "He might." Oh, and I was yeah. like, "He might." Because what happened for me was right before he was about to dunk, I was like, I think he might miss this dunk. And then he honeypotted it. And I, my, it's like what I imagine would happen if you showed like an early human a cell phone. Like the brain would just like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I yelled. I yelled very loud. I, I really did. I scared my dogs when he did it. You know, I, I was just like, oh my. It was unbelievable because he, you knew it was going to be great. And then it, he, it went even farther. You know, he did yep. something that no one expected yeah and then the superman thing too was so cool like just mm-hmm. hanging up there he he it just was. he understood the theatrics of it you know and he just yep. went for it it was great and then like we all predicted joe harris won the three-point contest you know just like <laughs> everyone in the world <laughs> everyone knew that was gonna happen he, he was, clutched yeah, he it though it. man he great he clutched it man that was clutch because steph was coming for him in yeah. that second round man steph man. I, i'll be honest i joe harris didn't win that steph lost that Steph, he nailed <laughs> he nailed his first nine threes in the championship round, and it was like, oh, it, okay, we're on to a blowout. And then Steph just he pooped all over the rest of the racks, man. He didn't get enough, and he ended up one short. Like he needed one more money ball, and he would have won that. I don't know if yeah. he'd have made that. If yeah. he would have made that last money ball on the second rack, he would have won. So I. Steph, um, I mean, it was still. I'm gra- I'm glad. I'm so glad that Joe Harris. Oh, I like that he got beat. Definitely. <laughs> any anytime any warrior loses anything, I'm I'm pro that. Yes, without a doubt. And then the skills challenge was actually quite interesting at the very end. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Trey Young was going to win. <laughs> was well in the lead to winning in that finals run, and then Jason Tatum just makes that half court shot, Man. and I. I was like, no, of course this happened. He stole it. <laughs> I was man. like, that's he so upsetting. It. It's so upsetting. <laughs> well, because Lu- Luca take- was the first one to like try that. Like, oh, I, he's beating me mm-hmm. to the three point line. I'm just going to shoot a half court shot, and he almost got it. But then Tatum actually actually used it and won at the end. That was, oof. Yep. Oof. Any takeaways from the actual game? Fairly uneventful, especially, you know, with our Thunder guys, with Russell and Paul George. Paul George played fairly played pretty well. Um, oh, yeah, he had some stuff, yeah. He was one of the guys that got to six threes, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah. Pr- By the yeah. way, th- thanks thanks to those people that played our uh, patented drinking game. It was yeah, fun. That's, we that's we all played really together. That's why I do really takeaways from that game. There's, there's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. no, I remember no, the first no, half a lot, but <laughs> second half's a little blurry. Yeah. Yeah. I think I remember wishing that I had put Paul George gets a steal on there. Because I was like, oh, wow, this is happening in the yeah. All-Star game. And there were way more fouls than I thought there were going to be. That's true. <laughs> I mean, I yeah. think we all knew the LeBron's team was going to win, and they they did come back and win. Yeah. And you guys, and both, Durant was the MVP. You guys both called You're it, right? You both called yeah. it. He he's got something to prove, guys. That's he wanted it. Yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, I, I always like watching the All Star Game. I I don't care that there's almost no defense personally. Um, I, I I just like it. The the one moment that I think will be remembered is that. Uh, that alley-oop bounce pass that Steph yeah. Yeah. got to Giannis, that was pretty sweet. 
Like that was a really, really cool moment in the game. I want to you know? say that that same pass happened between Chris Paul and Kevin Durant three or four years ago. And it was also impressive. Do you remember the one I'm talking Probably. about? I mean, there've been a lot of alley-oops in all the all-star games. And this was back before they were, it was even trying to even pretend to be competitive. Um, but I think that there was yeah. a, there was a ridiculous. And then of course I remember the first time Anthony Davis was in the all-star game and it was just like a dunk fest. Although Giannis, yeah, he, I, I thought Giannis was going to pull. I thought he was going to do it because he had came out like, what was it, six or seven straight true. dunks? I remember. Just yeah. like, yeah. oh, Giannis wants to win this, but no. Team LeBron just had too much talent. It just you couldn't overcome it, especially with um, two-time All-Star MVP Russell Westbrook really just not showing up at all. He just he yeah. he, went out, he he did not play well. <laughs> it was not a good showing for Russ, but that's okay. Here's he, what he I think. Care, that, I, I think that game got him his shot back because he was like, All maybe right, I really am missing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope. Yeah, he, I hope oh. his shots back, man. <laughs> I really. He's been hitting some mid range shots too. I. Yeah. And finishing at the rim too, you know. Really, if there was a shot that that I think he needs back more desperately than any other shot it's probably that shot at the rim because he's missed so many of those bunnies this season too you know and yeah he used to that'll be, be helpful to automatic you know that, and he needs to have more confidence to take that his his cotton shot pull up mid-range yeah he needs to do that yeah more. yeah yep so it was fun you know enjoyed enjoyed watching it always and always enjoy the all-star game i think homie will be back in the dunk contest next year which will be fun you know um I think he definitely made a name for himself and proved that he deserved to be there. Remember, guys, he was a replacement too. I mean, he almost didn't didn't compete. He who did he replace? Was it Aaron Gordon? I can't remember. I don't remember, but I know that he wants to do it again because he said he's come out publicly and said that he wants to go up against Zion for a rematch. Because um, oh, wow. he and Zion were in a he should do it today. They were in the he they were in today. a high school a high school <laughs> dunk contest and Zion beat yeah. him. Um. But and I I'll be honest, I love Lami, but if Zion comes in, there's no way he's going to beat Zion. <laughs> I don't think anyone in the world he may be changed will be forever. Zion. I mean, maybe, he maybe, may be maybe forever after this injury. Maybe, maybe, maybe that's so. Um, I hope not because, I mean, that dude was every single thing that I ever saw him do was spectacular. I mean, it was just tremendous. And then he blew out the PG, and then Nike stock fell a billion dollars. And that's not a joke. <laughs> oh man, Their stock fell a billion All I'm dollars saying because is, that shoe. <laughs> there's uh, surprised, and then there's like, oh, it happened, and I was the second. Whenever someone said that he blew out his shoe, and I was like, yeah, that dude's balling ridiculous. Like <laughs> the pressure that he's putting on shoes is ridiculous. Someone was like, this dude <laughs> should have been happen. wearing LeBrons, not PGs. <laughs> he's not. Oh, he's not well, you know, if if they make these shoes to the specifications of the players, then yeah, you don't want to be wearing PGs. PG is not, he is not going to thump around like that. He is smooth. He is silk and buttery. But then he'd also have to be kind of a baby when he didn't get his way to wear those shoes. Well, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> LeBron's a goat, but have you seen those clips uh, recently? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Whatever someone else, like anyone else, shoots that shouldn't be shooting and LeBron is open, it's it's kind of comical, but I also feel bad. <laughs> I haven't seen that. It's I'll worth checking it. out. 
Eddie, you want to intro this uh, Andrew Schlecht uh, tweet thing? Uh, and we can have that conversation. Yeah, he's actually a recent... I, I don't know why I haven't been following this guy, Andrew Schlecht, I think. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. I haven't been following yeah, him he's before, great. I, but I've, I've recently followed him a couple weeks ago, and he posted out a tweet um, the other day that said, what is the most surprising uh, move in Thunder history? And specifically, like, front office move, not... You know, I I think obviously the obvious choice in any conversation like this would be Kevin Durant leaving, but that's not because that was out of a front office's hands. So what what is the most surprising like trade or pickup or whatever um, that we've had in our history? And I thought it was a perfect question for us to discuss. Um, my 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 take is kind of obvious. Uh, I don't think that you can ever look past the Harden trade. I think that changed the, the future of our franchise. Um, and it was, it was completely shocking to me. Maybe if I, if I was as savvy then as I am now about what's going how front office stuff works and the business side of the NBA, it may have not been as shocking, but man, I remember whenever I first saw the tweet that he, that, you know, Oklahoma city has traded James Harden to the Houston Rockets. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it floored me. It, it, my, my jaw dropped. I was completely and totally heartbroken at that moment. I'll never forget that. It was just a terrible, terrible. It was terrible during experience. an OU football game too. Yeah, and then, and then OU that. lost. That was a bad day for yeah. Oklahoma. I was at Belle Isle Brewery eating a pizza with people that didn't care about basketball. <laughs> and I saw that, and I was like, also distressed about the n- lack of empathy around me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, can we just a quick aside how how awful that is? Like, I remember, <laughs> and the the opposite side of the coin. I was at work last year, uh, last summer, whenever we found out we got Paul George, and I've, I wanted to run around the office screaming, but no one else there. I mean, there were there were sports guys there, but no one else there was nearly as interested or like, you know, they still wanted to like actually do work. And I'm like, guys, the, the world is different now. We can't just keep working. We have to celebrate. <laughs> but yeah, it, that, that was that, 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 that move was probably the one that was most surprising to me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Victor, you want to go next? I know you go next. Pick. I'm still not sure. Okay. He, here's my pick. And I'm, I'm going off just like personal experience too. I mean, when you look at what was the most impactful, what was the most shocking lead wide, definitely the Harden trade without a doubt. Although everyone in the world knew, some people don't mention this, but everyone in the world knew that he turned down the Oklahoma City contract offer. So a lot of people knew that he was going to be traded. I I think it was just a question of when, you know, um, but that was shocking without a doubt. But the the moment in Thunder history that really shocked me was when Sam Presti on trade deadline day, can't remember the exact year, traded Nanon Christrich and Jeff Green for Kendrick Perkins and Nate Robinson. I remember that a lot of people at the time said like, okay, this is the Oklahoma City's Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder's welcome to the NBA moment because we loved our team so much. We loved Jeff Green so much. And a lot a lot of people didn't really 
including me at the time, didn't really understand Kendrick Perkins' worth or value. So there was there's a lot of disillusion about like what what is Stan Presti doing? What is happening exactly? Plus, Kendrick Perkins was injured at the time, and they were on a big playoff run. They made the playoffs for the very first time the year previous. And I remember this was back when NBA players were a little more active on Twitter uh, before you know you get in trouble really easily. I remember James Harden tweeted, this is weird with, with, with like no punctuation um, right after it happened. I mean, it, it was a big deal to them too. But uh, do you guys remember that day when we traded for Kendrick Perkins? Yeah, my dad was upset. And mm -hmm. the amount of times that I've heard him say, man, Perkins, since then, <laughs> like it's embedded. It's so... <laughs> But, that was I mean, a big he, moment in Thunder history, you know. It yeah. was it was very that changed if that trade had not happened, I mean, who knows what the team would look like now. I mean, you ne you never know. And obviously it was wildly successful. I mean, that was a trade that needed to happen <laughs> even though a lot of people didn't understand it at the time. Kendrick Perkins gave the team teeth. I mean, the te the team did not have a lot of uh aggression. The team did not have a lot of like wherewithal on the court, especially on the defensive end, and, and Kendrick Perkins just instilled that in the team over the years. And I know you definitely feel like that, Eddie, because you we talked about that a lot of times. I mean, he's one of the most important players in Thunder history, um, no doubt mm -hmm. in my mind. I yeah. The, the funny thing is, I wasn't at that particular time. I believe that was 2010 because that was the year that we went to the playoffs against the Lakers and beat them in two games. Uh, beat them twice. They beat us, obviously, and they won the championship. But um, the funny thing is I I wasn't particularly invested in the Thunder at that point in my life. In fact, I was a Boston Celtics fan. <laughs> um, oh, I remember, that. Before, I remember that. Before uh, before the Thunder came to Oklahoma City, I was, I was watching the Celtics, and I watched them win their championship in 2008 with uh, Perkins. And... So whenever we got him, I was like, all right, I'm excited. He's coming to Oklahoma City now. I'm going to have to start paying attention to these guys. <laughs> and I did. Wow. I'm glad that I did, um, obviously. And I think, it, I think right. it definitely deserves to be up there with one of the most impactful things that's ever happened yeah. for the franchise. I didn't know that. I didn't, I didn't know that that was kind it of was, like a It wasn't really the catalyst. I mean, yeah. I, wasn't, I was only, you know, slightly interested in yeah. – basketball at that point i really didn't watch much outside of the playoffs and really the finals yeah. um it was it was a perfect storm it was a perfect storm of events and then i got and, and then victor introduced me to the nba 2k series uh, on xbox and that changed the game pretty much everything <laughs> i then began to care Man, that was co college yeah. that was, was college trip. the year it was the year before by the way eddie it was the year before uh we got perk that that they lost to the lakers so we like got we got we got team. perk so that was the year that we took the Mavs to the conference finals. Yeah, yeah, and we lost to the Mavs. Yeah. I went to we went to a game seven that season. Um, I, I you were probably there, Jeremy, but Victor and I we, the we sat up. Yeah, he was. Game, we sat up. You, he up was top. there. Um, yeah, yeah. That was one of the oh, worst man. headaches I've ever had in my life when I left that arena. <laughs> <laughs> you know that was okay, also I I, that. Uh, go uh, one more thought, and then uh, you can go, Victor. That yeah. that trade was also very. Uh, it was very surprising to Celtics fans. I remember yeah. a lot of Celtics fans did not like that trade because Kendrick Perkins was a big reason that 
they won the championship in 08, you know? And a lot of people think that the Celtics would have won again if Perk hadn't gotten injured in uh, game five or whatever it was in that series. Was it 09 or 2010? Whenever that was. 2010. Yeah. And they, yeah. they were close, man. It was it went down to the last possession of game seven. Rondo didn't make the shot and they lost. And Kobe mm-hmm. has a fifth ring because of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, if you think of it that way, it's kind of crazy. And Andrew Bynum was a big deal back then, remember? And Perk <laughs> just had him just had him man. on lockdown. Pre, you know? oh, pre, pre fro Andrew Bynum. <laughs> Yep. What a rough way to be. Yeah. What if what if Andrew <laughs> Bottoms just skimming podcasts? You remember what he, you what guys remember whatever. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Oh man. He was dominant though. I mean, remember he was, guys, he was he dominant. Was, he, I mean, it was him. He was he was the best center in the league. Tw- Two thousand nine. It was Andrew Bynum versus Dwight Howard in the finals. And it was like that was the that was the big man. That was really really if you're looking at it, that was the last time that we had marquee centers going up against each other in big moments in the playoffs like yeah. that. The game is totally different now. It's a totally different game. That's why Andrew Bynum. Okay, I'm sorry. I cut you off, Victor. Oh, you're fine. Um, I think I decided what my most surprising one is. It has no significance now. That's not true. It's not. It doesn't have a lot of lasting um, effects on our team. I guess it kind of does recently. I don't know. I think the Carmelo Anthony trade, when I figured out that yeah. Sam Presti got Carmelo Anthony, I was like, this dude just does what he wants, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I I think I've tried to forget about Melo, um, and I hadn't even considered that. But you're right. That was that was shocking. That was another moment in the office where I was like, guys, I think we should be celebrating – but maybe not. Yeah. I was like, I yeah. don't know how good he's going to be, but I was like, how did he just do that? How did he, we have him now? Okay. Well, cool. That's crazy. I think it was, a, I wonder if any team's going to pick up mellow, you know? I mean, I wonder if someone's going to take a chance on having mellow on their team, you know, going into the I mean, playoffs. they got a week to do it. Yep. They've got a week I left. I mean, he's cheap. He's real cheap. <laughs> so, Portland. Someone really I bet wants Portland him. picks him up. <laughs> but uh, does he even? They like, were rumored to be interested. Portland was. Does he bring anything positive for a team when he's on the court? See, that's the thing. Like a player of his caliber, <laughs> you can say like, oh, you know, his veteran leadership and all this. But he doesn't have is that. It safe to say that, yeah, Melo doesn't. Really, he, <laughs> he, 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 he doesn't. actually doesn't have a ton of playoff experience either. You know, I mean, he was on those really good Denver teams. Melo has and, been all you know, about Melo from the time that he was compared to LeBron James. It has been Melo about Melo. He forced his way out of Denver. He went to New York, signed a contract, crippled that franchise, and then went and came and destroyed us, and then almost destroyed the like. It's all been about <laughs> Melo. He's never had veteran leadership. Oh, gosh. I he. I, I don't think thing he is, brings any value to any team in the NBA. I'm sorry, Carmelo, if you ever hear this, but you don't. <laughs> You're done. You're washed. Hey, yo, P, they want me to come <laughs> off the bench. <laughs> You'd have just done it, too, man. You'd have just done it. Everyone was saying it. it. Like, the whole league was saying, like, I think Carmelo should come off the bench. <laughs> uh, Everybody. Gosh. I wonder Everybody. if Billy ever sat him down and tried to talk him into it, you know. I don't even know. I don't or think Billy's if... talking most players at doing anything. Sam, though. Yeah. I want to know what, what Russell and Paul did about it. I want to know when, when they realized. Oh, not talk to or hang out with him. He's not going to do it. 
he's not going to do they it. They just yeah. didn't hang out with him. They're and like, okay. It's mellow. We can't fight him about this. So yeah. we're just going to suck it up and deal with it. They got along really well off the court, you know, Mello yeah. and Russ and PG. I mean, they were, as far as I know, there wasn't any animosity whatsoever. Um, I don't think there's any bad blood, but I don't think that they were actively hanging out all the time. Yeah, I don't think so either. Yeah. I wonder how often Mello was actually yeah. in Oklahoma City. No, nah, I don't want to think about any of that. That was point. bad times. <laughs> <laughs> that was... Uh, you know, it's crazy how much of a difference one season can make, you know, because last last year, this team was way different, even though a lot of the players were the same. The the team was just their focus their uh, the way they play the game. Um, it, it, it was just different. It was way, way different. Uh, it's, but it's much better now. I think you guys would agree. Here's with me here's a, a, a food for thought for you. Um Think about what would have happened if Andre Robertson had not gotten injured last year. We had yeah, won seven yeah, in I a think row. About that a lot. And we were clearly starting to find our own and with Mello and he was contributing and it was going all right. If he had not gotten hurt, you know, we may have continued on and maybe gotten to like, I don't know, 54, 56 wins. We may have gone further in the playoffs. Melo may have decided, hey, I'm going to stay. We're going to stick around and make this work another season. We'd be dealing with Melo again this year. We wouldn't have Schroeder. We wouldn't have Noel. We wouldn't have, uh, you know, our our current team would be completely different. That's a big deal, you know. And in, in a you're, lot of ways, right. I, and we've talked about this before, I think that maybe Andre getting hurt was the best thing that ever could have happened to Terrence Ferguson. So, man. Mm-hmm. It's just one tiny thing. One slip on the court can change a whole franchise. And yeah. it's happened to us many times, unfortunately. I am. I don't, I thought about that too, without a doubt, like what this team would have done last year. If Dre hadn't, hadn't gotten hurt um, in that game against the Pistons. I don't know. I'm kind of of the belief that the same thing would have happened in the playoffs, meaning I think we would have learned like, okay, we cannot play mellow in these situations, you know, um, just cause he had so many defi- defensive deficiencies. Um, but you know, it, it was going really, really well. The things that are really great that happened in that season, um, you know, besides Russell Westbrook averaging a triple double for the second season in a row. And, and they were all games that, that Dre played that, that game that they blew out the Warriors, which was awesome, that day before Thanksgiving, the day they just absolutely destroyed the the Cleveland Cavaliers. I think it was on a Saturday afternoon. And then game four, I believe. No, no, game five against the Utah Jazz when they had that crazy, incredible comeback when Melo was on the bench. Those are the moments that I really will take away from that season as like a Thunder fan, you know, when you look back on the history of the team. I mean that 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 twenty five point comeback was just the perfect that was the amazing. perfect it, it just it it consolidated the whole season into one game one moment one quarter and it just showed like the whole world like this is what he's been holding us back from guys <laughs> feel bad for us we've had to had this weight on the on the court all season yeah. Okay, fellas, we got some uh, we got some more basketball games to watch coming up here. Should we make our predictions? I'm kind of just doing it willy nilly right now. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm typing them in as we speak. Uh, For those of you, you listening, we, we use the Google spreadsheet to organize our thoughts. So uh, we have some kind of a focus. I this is this is the stretch that I think I think we just go ahead and be losing at the beginning of this stretch. Um, and then I think we get better towards the end of the season. I do. I, I don't know. I just still think trying to work Marquise in, trying to figure out all these different lineups. Um, I have more L's on here than I normally would have, I think. And there's so many away games. It, it just seems tiring. This this back half of the season is tough. It's hardest hardest record remaining in the league. Hardest schedule remaining in the league. Yep. It is. I wonder right, if we'll, we'll ever like, be able to not say that. Like, is there a point later in the season where we're not going to have the hardest remaining schedule? I think I already said our last two games are against Houston and Milwaukee, so probably not. We're probably going to be stuck with this mm. forever. So we got Denver. Uh, we're in Denver on Tuesday. Um, they've had our number all season. They are the second best team in the West. Their second best record in the West. Um, I I don't I don't think we're going to beat them. I think we're going to lose. I am picking um, them to win because we have not beat them yet. Because of that, I. I mean, seriously, they're, I think they're due to beat that team because they haven't beat them yet, you know. And I, I think that kind of stuff really uh, really matters uh, to the players, you know. And for the same reason, I'm picking Portland to win because Portland has not beat us yet, and we're in Portland. I, and, yeah, I, I definitely am with you on the Portland pick for sure. What do you got, Victor? Um, I got us I got us beating Denver. Um. I think that part of what uh, the problem with us against Denver has been has been a little bit of them physically outplaying us and then also still making shots that are frustrating. Uh, you hope that um, there's a little bit more physicality this time around. We're a little bit fresher. Steven's had not like awesome rest, but some rest and Markeef's and, you know, I, I think there's things a little bit different this time around. So, mm-hmm. And then Philadelphia, I just, uh, I think that we might have figured them out. I don't know. I don't know that Embiid was 100% last time he played us. But. Yeah, I think. We'll see. I still I, I still think we pull it out. When was the last time Philadelphia beat us? That's the thing. And then the, when was the, the last time dominated Philadelphia Philly. beat us in Oklahoma City? You know, like, it's probably been seven or eight years. So I, I feel like we are we are going to beat them again. I just feel like this is a team that we kind of, you know, much like Denver or even like Sacramento. Is this a like, TNT game? Uh, it's a I Thursday. believe it is. It's on yeah. Thursday. I think it is. I feel like we're going to win this one, especially because I feel like we're going to come off of a loss against Denver, and that'll be two in a row. And we all know that Russell does not like to lose especially twice in a row. So I think he's going to come into that game and he's going to be really upset and he's going to say, all right, P, uh, you got to make all your shots tonight or we're not friends anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm actually, for, for the same reason you are picking them to win, Eddie, I'm actually picking them to lose. I think Philly is really good. I think they're kind of due to lose against them because they they have, the Thunder has been so dominant over Philadelphia for years. I mean, even since Philadelphia has been a good team because they were terrible for a lot of the years there too. Well, the games the last two seasons um, have been close. So yeah, they've been hard yeah. fought and they're entertaining. So I think it's going to be a good game no matter what. 
it, it's going to be good. I mean, and the Joel Embiid, Russell Westbrook saga shall continue, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Then they got then they got San Antonio. Yeah, in San Antonio, first night of a back-to-back. I just, you know, it's the Spurs, man. It's always the Spurs. I think that we lose to a combination of Popovich's coaching and some referees. <laughs> man, we didn't even talk about the refs. We can make a whole, <laughs> I know. A whole I, I podcast actively about the refs. avoided bringing it up. I actively avoided bringing it up. I think you're right. I'm, I'm going to go with you on that. I think we're going to lose that game, and it's going to be frustrating. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to pick them to win, uh, partly because I I have a sneaking suspicion that they'll lose against Philly, and and I don't think I don't think they will lose twice in a row for the rest of the season. I guess we'll see. That remains to be seen. Um, I think they're better than San Antonio too. They're just a better team. They're way more talented. Um, I do too. But they are the Spurs. I, they are the Spurs, and Popovich is Popovich, I, I, and they're they're magic. You know, I'm not so sure. There have been many times in the history of the Spurs where the Spurs have been the better, more talented team against the people they've fought. I think that they just it's good, are. It's a fair they, point. They have won it's because point. they have better coaching, they have better focus, and they make better decisions. You know, they've always, in a lot of senses, been the underdog, except that 2014 championship against Miami. That was one of the best basketball teams we've ever seen in terms of pure, so beautiful, beautiful basketball. beautiful basketball. It was it was the last mm-hmm. beautiful basketball, in my humble opinion. Uh, thank you very much, Golden State Warriors uh, and Houston Rockets <laughs> for destroying <laughs> basketball. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think we lose that one. And then the next night, Sunday, we got a game against Memphis. Actually, is that a night game or is that like a matinee game? That would suck. I think it's like early evening, a, I believe. 6 p.m. It's a 6 p.m. Yeah, that's going to be tough. It's home, though. It's our only home game in this stretch. Um, Here's the thing. Memphis I, is bad, though. Memphis is bad. That is the second night of a back-to-back where, besides being tired, you it's Memphis to getting up and playing that game. And also, again, we just talked about a weird time, and we already know how bad we are at weird times with our games. I, it just seems like a perfect storm for that to be a very disappointing loss. The the one thing that we have to consider with Memphis now is that they aren't they aren't grit and grind anymore. Marcus Gasol is up in Toronto. They've got Mike Connolly yeah. and their new, I guess, their rejuvenated um, – um, Joe Kim Noah is is their new Mark Call or Mark Gasol. I I don't I don't know uh, I I don't know that that's a sentence that should ever exist. Rejuvenated well, Joe Kim Noah. I did see I did see that he's been playing pretty well of late. Like his last twelve games or something, he's got twelve points, seven boards, four assists. So he's playing all right. I'm gonna have to watch. I'm gonna have to see. I'm gonna have to see. I I just don't buy it yet. I like. I've always liked Joe Kim Noah, particularly when he played with yeah. the Bulls and and Derrick Rose. I. His yeah. shot's all wonky, but I think he went to New York, and as I think anyone will attest, that's always a bad thing for your career. So, <laughs> Isn't that funny that that's a thing? a thing? It man. is. It definitely <laughs> is. No one, no one has gone to New York and just flourished, you know? All right. Everyone let's just there, roll, let's, And their let's, career let's dies. Let's hope and pray that Kevin Durant goes to New York. <laughs> they, mm. they almost killed Derrick Rose's it's career, true, too. Man. But then, ugh, ugh. So. I, I see us winning against Memphis, but, you know, we could lose it. It's it's really back to backs or toss ups for me because I have no idea how we're going to come out. Like last night, 
I kind of expected us to come out and, and hit him in the mouth, and we didn't. We just missed everything. And it was clear that we had just played a basketball game 18, 18 hours earlier. And, you know, this yeah. is a it's a it's a later start at San Antonio um, and then an early start against Memphis. And we have to fly between. So you could be right, Victor. We could we could lose that for sure. Shout out to that um, that Bulls team. You guys remember that Bulls yeah, team? The year Derrick Rose won MVP. Yeah. That was that was a really fun team. Derrick Rose, Taj Gibson was great off the bench. Uh, Joe Kim Noah was in his prime. That's true. Um, that Lou was, all that, that was just dang. a really yeah, Lou yeah, Aldang. Yep, that was that was a really sure. fun team. And I like that team. A really, really I really team. wanted. I remember thinking, man, I think it'd be so cool to have OKC Chicago Finals that season. You got you got the MVP. You got the young guys of over in Oklahoma City coming up, and then it didn't happen. I'm still looking yes, forward to LeBron. next year. Kevin Durant taking the Knicks to the finals and getting <laughs> swept by the Thunder. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait for that. Oh, that'll be uh, that'll be one of the greatest things that has ever happened yes. in humanity. And I needed to play really well. I wanted to be the MVP fifty points, of the four straight games. They lose by double digits every yeah. game. I want it so bad, man. <laughs> I want it so bad. Yeah. Oh, Russ gosh. triple doubles all over him. I want Russ to have four consecutive 2020 games. Mm. Mm. It'd be mm. so good. It would it would fill the spot in the dictionary under catharsis. Yes. <laughs> reset. Hard reset. Well, the, the game against Minnesota, guys, I've really got my eyes on that game because they have had some hotly contested matchups with Minnesota this year. L- last the last time they played Minnesota, that game they won in Oklahoma City, that really put a bad taste in my mouth. I, I do not like the way they handled that. Because remember, that was the game that Nerlens Noel almost died, and thank goodness he yep. didn't. Um, oh, right. And Man, I'd I just, about I that. just thought it was in very, very poor taste the way that Minnesota handled themselves. Um, I, I'm looking for the Thunder to really punch them in the mouth in, in that one. Um, they, I don't think they've beat Minnesota this year yet. I may be wrong about that. And they're way better than than Minnesota, so I, I'm picking them to win that one. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I think we're gonna win that. I picked I picked that to lose for two reasons. One, I feel like we need a three game losing streak. <laughs> um and two, because of the things that Jeremy said about the way we've contested the, I don't we gotta check and see if we've beaten them yet. I just it's there's one of those there's those teams that for whatever reason you match up poorly against and the combination of things not going right, and then like referees, and it's an away game. It's, it's I'm the least solid about this loss to, that I've picked, but I, I still think we lose that game. Trying to look up the head-to-head with Minnesota this year, I'm fairly certain that that the Thunder has not beat Minnesota. We're six and four in the division. I'll tell you that. Minnesota yeah. is four and six, so I don't know. And then I'm not sure exactly how to plug those numbers into basketball reference so well. And then we got the big game against Portland in Portland. And that's that's an L. I think so. I think we're due for one. But man, it would be so nice mm-hmm. if it didn't end up being that way. I I would Yeah. I would honestly I, I would take s- an L against Minnesota and against the Clippers if we can win against Portland, but I don't, I don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to lose that game. Yeah. Portland's a really good team. They're, they're, they're really good. And I think they're mad that the thunder 
has kind of dominated them this season. And they're at home. Portland, I was looking at their road record. They're not a great road team, but at home they're they're pretty solid. So I think they win that game. And we mentioned it earlier in the podcast. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna play against Ennis Canner for the first time when he's on a good team. Yep. So that's gonna be interesting. Seeing that you know matchup, I'm sure at some point Stephen Adams will be on the court with Ennis, and that'll be really fun. You got that as an overtime now. You 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 up the ante, yeah. Victor. That's an overtime win. I did up the ante. I don't want more because overtime, man. Just... I'm, I'm tired of overtime. <laughs> we haven't even had that many, but I'm just um. it's exhausting. <laughs> I think it's an, oh, two, I think it, two on Friday. I night. think it. I think it goes to overtime, but then we decidedly win in overtime. Like it's not close after it is. It is in overtime. Who who all fouls out though? <laughs> because yeah, so no, no, you're right. Because that's what I was going to say next. I was going to say that Terrence and Russell will foul out again, um, and possibly Steven. Yeah, I was going to say Steven because battling Nurkic. Nurkic, you know? yeah. I feel like it's been a hot Nurkic. minute since Paul has fouled out. I think he fouled out in the first couple of games of the season. Um, and considering how yeah. how good he is and how like tight he is of a defender, it's really surprising that he doesn't get more foul calls. Um, oh, I, well, I think he's had a significant amount of five foul games because I remember I feel like a, at least two or three times there were eh, maybe it's just been that many. I think I think I don't know. I just feel like I, there's definitely you can clearly see that the official the officials give uh, give benefit of the doubt to the vets because when i look at terrence mm-hmm. ferguson he plays just as up close on his guys as paul does but he gets called for the fouls every time and let's not even talk about yeah. abdul nader that dude you can't you, he's not allowed to touch <laughs> his his man and if he does he's getting a foul call mm-hmm. it's just paul paul yeah. gets the benefit of the doubt and i'm grateful for it uh mm-hmm. so then we're at the clippers Mm-hmm. That's the last game before our next episode. Um, Clippers have been playing well for no reason at all. They traded away their best player, and they're still playing all right and winning games, and it's weird. Yep. They could make the playoffs. They could. They could make the playoffs, and the Lakers could not Man, make how the playoffs. Think about that. of a dystopian future would we be living in if you go back to the <laughs> – Well, yeah. really, even 10 years yeah, ago, yeah. you could go back 30 years and say the same thing, but, man – I I think we're going to win that game because is this the first time we've no we've played them twice. Um they beat us in the first four first four games um which we don't really consider part of the season, at least I don't. Um yeah. they lost the second game of the season they lost to the Clippers without Russell. I did see um, a statistic uh going back to the the Warriors Rockets game that apparently uh Warriors allowed 15 straight points to start the game by the Houston which was the most in the season, except for the Clippers against Oklahoma City. We allowed them to score 16 straight to open the game in that second game of the season. Good. I remember that because that first game was a loss, and I was like, oh, well, we'll ride the ship against the Clippers. And then we just came out and did nothing. And I was like, oh, this could be bad. We could be be in some (laughs) trouble here. Spoiler alert. It was bad. Yeah. (laughs) It was bad for a little Um, bit. (laughs) I I bet... Sorry, we were talking about uh, that Clay, uh, Clippers and Lakers uh, complex. I, I bet like Luke Walton and someone else gets fired before the Lakers lose like five more games. <laughs> mm, I, I could see that. I think LeBron has already come out and kind of made somewhat public his desire to have a different coach. Um, yeah. 
I mean, LeBron without LeBron, he's already calling out everyone. I mean, he called out the whole team after yeah. the loss last night. Yeah. He was like, hey guys, yeah. I'm here. I'm I'm doing it. Are you guys gonna do it? Are we gonna do this? That's why I came here. You know. Yeah. Without LeBron, that team is is just bad. I mean, they're not a good team without LeBron. Um, and some of the the Cleveland teams that he was on without LeBron, they were still a decent team. But I mean, you really saw it. I mean, they were just awful with when he was injured. So it that him being injured, I don't know how many games he missed. It was like twelve or fifteen or something. But I think it's going to be tough for them to come back from that because I mean. They're down there where everyone's clawing to get into the playoffs. The Kings are good. The Clippers are fighting. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to be really, really tough for for them to. They're going to have to go on rip off like seven or eight wins in a row, which is you know almost unheard of in the Western Conference these days. I'm I so, will not we'll see. Dis, I will not count LeBron out of the playoffs until the mathematics tell me that it can't happen. No, no, <laughs> I, I never count LeBron out of anything. But but it will be it tough. It will be tough. It definitely will be sure. tough. Man, think and about what it, that's. Think about the sports world when that if that happens, it's going to be endless. This yeah. is the first every single playoff game. Every playoff game, doesn't matter wh- who's playing, they're going to mention. And this is the first playoffs in twelve years that have not featured LeBron James. You know, like it's going to be a big deal if it happens. Yeah. I, I I still I think he's. I see. I think they're, he's going to pull it off. I think the Clippers are going to yeah. fall a little bit. I I don't see them sustaining this over the rest of the yeah. season. I think there will be a lot of people, um, the Michael Rappaports of the world, I think there will be a lot of people that say like, see, LeBron's not that good. Once he gets to the Western Conference, blah, 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 which is just dumb. I think in some ways, I think LeBron is kind of looking towards next season too. I mean, he's definitely in the moment this season, but he knows that this Lakers team, he's not going to be able to do what he wants to do. Yeah. I mean, it's probably probably why they tried to basically get rid of their entire team for Anthony Davis, you know? So I think in, in certain ways, uh, he's definitely looking towards next year too, you know, man, the day is coming guys. I'm picking when LeBron is gone and the NBA will, will be a very different place. Crazy. Maybe the same pick- day that Giannis gets to take the crown. I think it's an interesting yeah, discussion yeah, to be most, had about who's going to come up next. Yeah. Who's the next who's one? Who's the next one? You know? We'll have to see what Zion does, honestly. Yeah. He could he could yeah. overtake yeah, it. Yeah, a lot of but a lot of people are excited about him. Um, yeah. That that'll be very fun to watch. We'll see what Luka does. I mean, I I think that Luka's going to have a huge impact on the league for years to come. I think he's really good. So, mm-hmm. uh we shall See. Shout out uh, right as we and shout out to Dirk Nowitzki last night season high fifteen points. Um, I'm, he's, hey. he's still shooting. Shooter's gonna shoot and he's still shooting. Switch forty one. I, I liked watching all those highlights, making those silky jumpers. Man, mm-hmm. it was good. I liked uh, watching him make shots in the All Star game too. That was fun. and he had a respectable three point um, contest. I you know it was good. It was oh Dirk's, yeah he did great. Dirk's he having a nice slow yeah. fade out. I'm I'm okay with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. I like Dirk. I, I will. I will miss Dirk when he when he is mm-hmm. gone. He used to he used to put the fear in my heart. You know when the Dallas was so good and they beat you know the Thunder in the playoffs. If I had, had a, like thirty free throws in a row or whatever, but I do love me some Dirk. If I had a bunch of money, I would have a closet that just had jerseys of all the players that I affected my life so much. Man. Oh that's, yeah. 
It would be Dirk, where I meditate. Dirk would be That's in there. Definitely something yeah. for sure. I'd have two walls. Yeah. Yep. I'd have one wall of the players that affected me because I I loved them, and then one for the players that affected me because I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> With yeah. the... Whenever we've talked about Durant before, jersey I, on both sides. Was... <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we talked about it on a previous pod that that we never released, but when a player makes the transition of, I hate this guy because this guy is killing my team, you know, Kobe, Dirk, LeBron, um, when they make the transition of like, okay, I don't hate them anymore. I respect them because they're great. I mean, it's pretty, it's a pretty special thing. Dirk has definitely done that in my eyes. You know, I mean, he's completely oh, it's, made it's that It's just transition. getting over an X. All it is is getting over an X. Well, I think uh, yep. some of it has to do with just acceptance. Like, yeah, I accept when yeah, LeBron yeah. came back and won in Cleveland, I accepted. I was like, okay, he all of the feelings that I ever had for him are now moot. He has done it. He's done it in Cleveland. He's done it in Miami. He is now up there, and I'm going to give him respect. Uh, with Kobe, it honestly didn't really happen until he tore his Achilles. And then I watched the man with a torn Achilles shoot two free throws. And the look on his face just was so, it hit me to my core. Just that you could see, he knew that was it. That was the end. He knew it right then. He played for like three more seasons after that, but he knew we all knew that was the end. And that was the moment where I was like, man, I think it's now now it's time to start appreciating the greatness because it's mm-hmm. it's going to be gone soon and it was and man those last few years with Kobe were a wild ride um and with Dirk he's the only he's the only guy and the only team that I that have beaten us and then gone on to win a championship where I was really just like yeah that's I'm okay with that the Spurs a little bit when they beat the 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 heat because of that beautiful basketball, but still there's always going to be a tiny little tinge of just mean. I just have mean feelings for the Spurs. (laughs) Just always there. It's respect, but it's just just a little bit there, but the Mavs, it was like very wholesome. Like, yeah, I'm so glad Dirk got that. And Jay kid, like they got it good for those guys. That was a great team. Sean Marion, the matrix, like he was great. That was, that was a really good team. Oh man. Yeah. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Yeah. We enjoyed Shout doing it. Shout out to the, what, 74 people that listened last time? You guys rock. Yeah. yeah they, Absolutely. I, don't, I, I think, you know, none of us ever expected anyone really to listen. Like, we knew we knew maybe some close people to our lives would listen, but I never dreamed of any of 70 people or 70 streams or downloads or whatever. Um, so, I Yeah. I really appreciate it, and I think I think these Absolutely. guys do too. It's it's pretty cool, pretty cool what we've got here. It is, it is, and uh, we're having a good time doing it, which is the most important thing. Follow us on the social medias if you have not yet on Instagram and on Twitter at podcast underscore thunder, and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks to uh, see what new developments have happened in the NBA and with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Bye. See ya. Bye.